Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Saturday, November 4th, 2023, and this is Celtics Speed on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Evan Valenti, filling in for Adam Kaufman. Solo today, Kaufman, a little under the weather. Episode 544 features the ringer's Brian Barrett, and today's show is powered by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. New customers receive $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Money line bet. All right, folks, we're back. Another episode of Celtics Beat. Evan Valenti here. Adam Kaufman is on the shelf for today. He's on the IR. He's on the DL. He's on the whatever you want to call it. He is out. Little sick under the weather. Adam, feel better, buddy. We miss you here. He'll be back next week, I'm sure. Uh, but we're filling in right now. We're bringing on. One of our favorites, another Syracuse grad, as you all know and love. But we're bringing on the metric man himself, Brian Barrett from the Ringer. Barrett, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing almost as well as the Celtics right now. I mean, what yeah, a start right? to the season. It's it's crazy, Valenti, because I was thinking about it the other day. I didn't have high expectations for the Bruins. I thought they'd be a playoff team. Well, they're like the best team in the NHL. And then we get the best team in the NBA right now in the Celtics. And look, I'm not comparing them to Denver. I'm just saying... To start the season, they're undefeated. They've been rolling. And it's like the opposite of what we've been going through for the past six months going back to the Red Sox season where they stink. The Patriots are a dumpster fire. And now the Celtics, I said this the other day on my pod, it's like appointment viewing from my perspective, even if it's not a good team. Like the other night, I was bummed that Halliburton wasn't going to play because I love watching Halliburton play. And obviously, that certainly the Celtics are going to win that game no matter what, but at least they have an entertaining player on the floor. But I was still interested to watch the game because I want to see what these guys do offensively because the starting five is just so deep. The only thing that I would say has hurt me this Celtics season so far is prop bets. I had a same game parlay an off the pike, same game parlay the other day. Now Halliburton got voided from this, but I had Tatum for 25 against the Pacers. I had, Jalen Brown for 20, the Celtics on the money line, and as I said, or the Celtics to cover the spread too, and I had Halliburton in there, he got voided, but Jalen only had 18 points, you know why? Because he didn't play in the fourth quarter, so I'm like watching the third quarter of the game, I'm like, Jalen, take another shot, take another shot, keep taking shots, Jalen, that's the only thing, it's tough to predict these prop bets because you don't know how many minutes these guys are going to play. I'm I'm, I'm, on, I'm in a similar position here with that Indiana game. My fan duel, same game parlay. And I went a little, you know, again, it's early part of the season. I'm trying to really get my bearings here. 
but I had Tatum 20 plus points, Derek White one plus made threes because that's just a lock every single night. He makes a three. It's like, this has been my thing since the playoffs. Uh, Derek White four plus assist, Tatum six plus rebounds. And that would have hit those four there. But I had to get greedy and add Porzingis with 15 plus points. Porzingis, oh. 15 plus points, finished with 13. I, I was like you in the third quarter. I'm like, just keep doing it. <laughs> like, we're so close. Because, like, I wanted a little extra juice. Because I think it was, like, plus, like, 186 without the Porzingis prop. And then it was, like, plus 342 with the Porzingis prop. And I'm like, well, like, Miles Turner's a good big. I know he's going to be tough. But, like, yeah. if he's bringing him out to the perimeter, like, maybe we can get, like, I was trying to do it in my head. I'm like, but 15 for the Zinger. I'm like, that's. Ah, I do. I I'm with you. The same game parlays via FanDuel have been really tough with this season team because they the last two games their starters haven't played the entire fourth quarter, which is remarkable. And actually, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I do want to start with this just broad generalization of this team because four zero they have the best offense in the league. They have one of the best defenses in the league, and you know when your starters don't play in consecutive fourth quarters, like life's going really well. But the one thing, Barrett, that I think is interesting is, like, last year's team also got off to a good start. Going into December, they were 18-4. and four. They were 21-5 and five in their first 26 games. And I remember thinking about that team and going, like, this team offensively is unbelievable. Missoula ball is the way. This is where we need to be. And I, w- I kept thinking defensively. I'm like, man, these guys just don't care because they're just, like, offensively on a different planet than everybody else. And then obviously, you know, things evened out throughout the season. Barrett, this feels a little different, right? This feels, and I got some numbers from a metric man here later on that we're going to go through. <laughs> but just like watching this with your the eye test, this feels significantly different than last year's team. Yeah, for a couple of reasons. The first one is, and I thought this was a great follow-up by Abby Chen from NBC Sports Boston as well. So Jason Tatum said after the game where they beat the Wizards, which was, for so many reasons, an incredibly entertaining game. Jordan Poole doing the behind the back and then going back to take a three and he gets blocked by Porzingis. That was one of the funniest things I've seen. And he has a mixtape on Twitter right now from that game, basically, because he got stripped basically twice by Drew Holiday on the same play. But anyway, I digress. After that game... He said, some people would say we learned our lesson. And Abby followed up, would you say that? And he said, yeah. Because how many times last year did we watch this team, not specifically the offense, but just the effort? Like, remember they got blown out. I know Oklahoma City's a good team this year. They made it to the play-in last year. Remember they gave up like a buck fifty. They just didn't show up. And maybe Chicago is just a weird matchup. They lost a bunch of games against Chicago. The Magic, who I believe is a good team this year, this year but they were not a great team last year. They lost to them not once, not twice. But three times. So there were so many games that they just went through the motions. And you see with this team, it's like they're trying to prove a point every night when they're, when they're out there. And just from a product perspective on the court, the biggest difference is, and I hate to say this because we all love Marcus Smart, everybody's a threat to shoot, right? And if you look at the way Marcus has started the season, he is now 12 of 40, 30% from three point territory. Derek White is shooting. Can we swear on this pod? I was going to say, he's shooting like crazy right now. I don't know if we can swear or not, but Holiday, he's over 37%. So, and he'll hover around the past three years. He hovers between 39 and 41%. So they're shooting all over the space, all over the place. And then Porzingis is just lifting the big out of the paint. So there's no rim protection. And, and I have some numbers to back this up if you want to go through them, but 
they're getting good threes. Like last year, it just felt like at times it's like doubling down, right? Like a gambler. It's like, oh, I lost this. I lost this bet for a hundred. Let me throw a 200 on the next one, right? You're like doubling down. It's like, Hey, I missed that three. Let me take this three because we're down by 10, but it's actually a worse three. Like it's not a great look this year. All those threes are good. Like it's drive kick or it's, Hey, Tatum's coming off a high pick and roll right into his shot. Even Jalen, who I don't love Jalen taking a lot of threes, but even his threes, I don't feel like they've been rushed when it felt like so many times last year they were. It just. The offense, and they're still learning how to play with each other. It's just, there's not really a weak spot, which is, if you go through it, I, I mentioned this to my boss the other day, Bill Simmons, like how many teams have had a starting five this good one through five, right? Obviously, there has been better starting fives. Like the Warriors, who is the best best team of my lifetime. I obviously didn't see the 86 Celtics. I guess you could throw the Bulls in the conversation as well. I was very young when those teams were coming up, but... When you have Durant and Curry on the same team and you have Klay Thompson at the peak of his powers, Draymond, like that's the best starting five. But the fifth starter was Zaza, right? Like when you look at the Celtics. Well, Iggy, Iggy Dallin, I'll, I'll, cause I, yeah. I was going to bring this up later. I have it later because I did like the conversation that Bill uh, had it on his pod, uh, on Friday. Like when you add Iguodala, it, it, it's a definitely makes more sense as a five than Zaza Pachulia, man. Like, come on. Yeah. So, no, that's a fair point, but I, I, sorry, I went on for a while there and why this feels different, but it does. And how about the Porzingis thing? He just seems like so happy to be here. He called playing defense paradise with Derek White and Drew Holiday. It's like, who says that? I have this running gag that, that Chris Tabs Porzingis has not stopped smiling since the trade happened. Like, and I think it's like pretty legitimate here when he, you know, you think about his career and you think about, you know, being the number one in New York, like that, I think actually that was good for him to like, you know, build up his confidence. Like, yeah, I can play with anybody in the league. I'm an all-star, blah, 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 blah. Then he ends up in Dallas in a situation that just, it just seems tough playing with Luca. Like, I'm just going to be honest about it. Although they've been off to a good start. We'll monitor that. Um, but then he ends up in Washington, which is just the death of basketball right now. It's just, you know, to come to Boston with, you know, White, Holiday, Tatum and Brown on the perimeter. He's just got to be like, this is great, man. This is just, I mean, he has, and we're going to get to the defensive stuff later too, but like Jared Dubin did a great job uh, the other day. He works for CBS for football reasons. And then I think he just posts NBA stuff. I'm not, I think he has like a sub somewhere, but he, he talked about the, the Chris Stapps Porzingis addition and what is done to the geometry of the floor for the Celtics is unbelievable. And there's one, particular number there brian i think that you'll appreciate chris Tapp's porzingis is number one in the nba in points per possession as a screener the celtics are, are shooting 1.24 points <laughs> per possession when chris Tapp's porzingis is the screener like in the and you t- think about like geometry how it sets up if porzingis you know picks and pops what happens to the big versus diving to the basket if he's got a smaller guy on him like they can really punish specific matchups they are and, and like this is the one thing that's interesting about this team. They are they can hunt. Like you go back to last postseason with Miami, Jimmy would just hunt. Like is Payton Pritchard on the floor? All right, bring him up here. I'm gonna just gonna put him in the torture chamber. You know where where is Grant Williams? I'm gonna go bring bring him up here. Where's like he just would take turns. Boston now has the ability to pick on mismatches, unlike ever before, because of Porzingis. And what they've been able to do to space the floor, like Porzingis hanging out in the perimeter, now leaves the middle of the floor wide open. So if they if they overload one side and they put Tatum on the other side, one on one with somebody smaller than him, aka Bruce Brown or T.J. McConnell or whoever the hell he wanted to pick on the other night, 
it's going to be tough sledding for the defender because there's no help coming. And Tatum, one-on-one in the post, is we'll find out yeah. later. I got the number. I'm sure you got the number. It's been deadly so far this season, and he has zero turnovers because there's only one guy there. So, like, yeah. what Porzingis has brought to this team, Brad saw it from a mile away, and he spoke about it afterwards. He said they we were too easy to guard. And I think we all can interpret from that as, like, all of our stuff is – all of our offense is perimeter-based. A lot of drives to the basket, trying to get to the rim. Now we've spread everything out and made things easier for other guys, and that's just by having one guy on the floor in Porzingis. And then, again, adding Holiday, who's an awesome shooter, also helps. But they've just been – the offense has been beautiful, and Porzingis probably is the biggest reason why. Yeah, and the maturation of Tatum, too, which he's just been outstanding to start the season. But, yeah, you mentioned the geometry stuff. You just think about it to your point, right? So Tatum has the ball at the right wing. If Porzingis is setting a screen, and you have either Derek White or Al Horford or Drew Holiday in the corner. Okay, so if you blitz Tatum, you're going to give the ball to Porzingis with a wide-open path to the basket. If help comes from one side, he can kick it to the opposite corner. And then if the help comes from Al or Derek White's defender in the right corner, well, then he's going to kick it to those guys who are both, and I'm going to say this now, they're both elite corner three-point shooters. Derek White's just an elite shooter at this particular point in time. He's been shooting north of 40% from three, counting the playoffs since the start of last season. So there's nothing you can really do. And the numbers backing up. If you look at their numbers with him on the court, you mentioned the points per possession with him as the screener. If you just look at the Celtics, this is via clean of the glass. They are shooting with Porzingis on the court, 73.5% at the rim. That's in the 88th percentile. How about this? It goes up by 19.7%, 96 percentile, excuse me. You look at the short mid-range, that little floater area, if you will, 62.5% with Porzingis on the court, 98th percentile. That's up 31.2% with him on the floor, 98th percentile. So to your point, if we were ranking the best players on the Celtic, Celtics, rather, obviously number one and number two would be Tatum and Brown. And then you would probably rank Derek White and Drew Holiday over Kristaps Porzingis. But what Kristaps Porzingis does is so unique. And that's what's opened up everything for this offense. And it was an outstanding move by Brad. I give him a ton of credit where it's like, hey, how many times are we going to go through a playoff series and run into the same problem. Now, last year, of course, they had issues defensively. But you go back to the finals against the Warriors. You go back to the series that they ended up beating the Bucks in seven games, right? Their defense was elite that entire series. It's just the offense needed more diversity to it. And they finally figured that out just by this one guy that has unlocked so many things for this team. I was a little worried about the first game when he played like 39 minutes, and now we don't have to worry about the minutes because the Celtics aren't playing in fourth quarters, which is nice to see. But I'm with you, man. I think he's unlocked so much for them. And I love seeing him and Tatum play together, man. And it's just – it's a combination. It's a perfect thing. And I know Tatum had all the right things to say after Marcus Smart was traded away. But there was a lot of this, well, hey, I like this trade, but I would have rather done it for Brogdon. And, of course, we know what happened. Brogdon was originally traded, then he wasn't. At this point, man, it's like – Porzingis is just a way better fit than Marcus. I know it's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but that's basically the players you were swapping out. He's just a way better fit for what they need to do. It's nothing against Marcus. It's just it's more praise of Kristaps. Yeah, and just to get back to your point about defenses trying to figure out what to do against the Celtics pick-and-roll combo or pick-and-pop combo with Porzingis. Again, I, I think it was Jared who mentioned that, like, you – you can't – the teams are playing them in drop, like, way less because you can't with with Porzingis. It's, like, almost impossible. So you have to figure out another way. 
And Boston has counters to all of that so far. Like, again, it's early. Miami did a really good job of trying to, like, vary up the coverage. Like, you know, Tatum have the ball. Porzingis comes sets the screen. You know, they would double Tatum, you know, leak the help from the from the corner to try and, and you know, prevent Porzingis from going to the rim. But, again, then in that weak side corner, guess who's over there? Derek White or Jalen Brown or, or Drew Holiday. Like, that's, the, that's the, the, the geometry problem that teams are going to have to figure out. Like, how do we – you know, do you scram from the double on Tatum to get back to the corner? Well, now Tatum's <laughs> yeah. one with somebody else that he's with a big. So you're going to have Tatum one on one with a big from 30 feet away. Like good, like just good luck. And and that's that's the thing that has been so beautiful to watch with this team is they have a lot of answers to the test already. Like, okay, you do this, we'll do this. You're going to do this, we we'll do this. Like if you don't if you don't crash from the corner on a Porzingis, well, he's got a wide open lane to the basket. And like, he's seven, right. this won't be hard for him. And if like, and he, as Jared mentions in the video, like if he misses, guess who's all around the basket, a bunch of small dudes. There's nobody yeah. big coming. Like the, the big guy's not coming from the three point line to crash the glass. He's staying up there. So it's, it's again, there's a lot of things going on and I have a couple more things we'll mention, but again, just the Porzingis addition. And again, holiday helps too. But the the floor is so spread out, it's going to put a lot of teams in tough rotations later on in the season. It's just going to be torture chamber all the way around. Yeah, and can I mention one other thing about the offense that I really like? Because they actually did this with Marcus a lot. And I feel like with Marcus, a lot of this was out of necessity because a lot of times he was the only non-shooter on the floor, right? So he would actually, and this is a really good thing that the Celtics did, is they would have Marcus screen for Jason Tatum. He used to do it all the time. And they're doing that with Derek White and Drew Holiday. So Jason Tatum is getting screens from smaller guys. So that also puts them in a bind, right? Because it's like, hold on. This guy has put on 12 pounds in the offseason. And early on, we found out, hey, they're switching guards onto him. Tatum's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not doing this thing anymore where I'm going like, to step back and take a – if I have a smaller defender on me, like, I am going to punish you. I am going to get you – right into the basket, and I'm just going to score over you. I'm going to get an and one, whatever it is, right? Or if you do, and we've seen this, if you blitz him and you try to get the ball out of his hands, well, then you have Drew Holiday or Derek White with the ball at the free throw line with nobody on them, and now they have two shooters in the corner. They can get into their own little floater game if they want. And a lot of times you have a big that is in the dunker spot. So you can throw up an alley-oop. So that's another play where it's like the Porzingis thing is unlocked a lot offensively. But secondarily, uh, Drew Holiday and Derek White are really good screeners. I've just been so impressed with Derek White, man. Like the way that he just like fits into everything. Like the game that where Jalen was going off, he's like, okay, I'm not going to shoot. I'm just going to, I'm going to have eight assists in this game. And then the last game, it's like, I'm going to take a lot of shots. The heat game. Hey, Derek, we need you to hit shots in the fourth quarter. So it's just like they, they drew a holiday and Derek White to me are like two of the easiest guys to fit onto any team in the NBA, right? Because they don't need a lot of shots. They're elite defensive players. Like you have two of the top four by the voters last year, guard defenders in the entire NBA. It's just, man, I, I mean, I don't want to sound like too fanboyish right here. I said this on my pod the other day too, but it's just, they're We're loaded, man. They're got. loaded. We're reacting to what we've seen so far. And it's been yeah. all, all pluses to get to, to Derek White. Cause I had this later on. I want to shout out our buddy, Seth Lamon, who's on this podcast last week and frequently is, uh, my go-to guy to figure stats out. So Jared had that great video about Chris Dapps unlocking everything. And Seth's been and with me too, because I was really big. Like I think last year 
the on-off differential for Derek White on-off the court. I think Derek on the court, the Celtics were like almost 12 points better, I think, per one yeah. with him on the floor, which was the number one on the team anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Porzingis on the floor, team is scoring 125 per 100 possessions, and they're actually slightly better with him off the floor at 128 per 100. Derek White, though. Derek White, the Celtics are scoring 130 points per uh, per 100 possessions with him <laughs> And only 115 with him off, right? Now, if you put Derek White on and Chris Stapps off, the Seas have scored 85 points in 62 possessions, an offensive rating of 137. <laughs> That's insane, man. Guy, that is like, insane. The guy is like, when, the, when uh, I, like, there are people at this network, when they made the trade for Derek White, didn't like it. And when he had a bad finals, creamed the Celtics for the trade and creamed Derek White. And I was like, Derek White was not the problem in the finals, folks. Like, that's that's just not what happened here. Like, look at Tatum, look at Brown. That's where a lot of the problems came from. Those guys couldn't – like, Tatum was gassed. Brown was trying to do too much, and it just didn't, didn't end well. It wasn't Derek White's fault. Since that moment, Derek White has been basically everything and more you could ask for. Uh, I don't think people are mentioning the, 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 the pick swap they have with the Spurs, like – Three years or four. Oh, twenty twenty eight. Yeah, Spurs like, are going to be good. Yeah, who ca- like the Celtics who is still going to be good. Tatum's going to sign his supermax. He's yeah. still going to be here. Like who even cares? if they're they they probably won't be as good as they are this year. It doesn't matter. But yeah, that's a great number on White. By the way, so Derek White, we're recording on Saturday. He's not playing in the game on Saturday night because for personal reasons, and everybody is basically saying it's basically for the birth of his second child. Do you realize the last time he didn't play in an NBA game was the birth of his first child yeah. against the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah. 118 games. Think about that. The last never, time Derek White, unheard of. Unheard of. I was still working at EI. That's how long ago it's been. Like That's the last time Derek White didn't play in a basketball game. I was working at WEI. Oh, it's, it's crazy to think about. Like this, he posts, in the words of Alex Cora, he posts every day. And so to your point, like if you just look at him, so – the numbers this year that you gave out, if you take his 112 regular season games with the Celtics, so this, this is not like a small sample size. This is 112 games, more than a full season, right? 121 offensive rating, 109.4 defensive rating, 11.6 net rating. So the Celtics with Derek White, since he stepped onto the floor with them, are outscoring teams by 12 points per 100 possessions. Also, if you just take the totality of that, Plus 730. In 112 regular season games, the Celtics have outscored their opponents by 730 points. Oh, and this year, he, at the moment, at this recording, he's first in uh, true shooting percentage, 82%. He's second in effective field goal percentage at 80.9. <laughs> I don't think that's going to hold up, but 57.9 from three and 73.3% from two. So he's third in threes and he's ninth in twos in terms of percentages. I mean, the guy has turned himself into a non-shooter to an elite shooter. And it's not like it's going away. It's not like it's fluky. We saw it for the whole season last year. And quite frankly, and I don't want to get like mad about something that happened in the postseason last year, but they should have played through him more in the Heat series. Like in game seven, when they finally realized like, hey, Tatum's ankle is, is screwed up. Like he he's hurt. They were playing through Derek White. He started going off. Like, so, and now this year is nothing to worry about. It's like, he's, he's going to get all the touches that he needs and, He's the connective tissue to this team. I just, I love what he's been able to do for the organization. And 
Man, I got to give Brad Stevens a ton of credit for what he's done. You know what? We'll never know if he's going to draft in first round picks because he's probably never going to get, never going to use one. Every first round pick that he traded, it's been good. Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon won six man of the year. Okay. And then you used Malcolm Brogdon's contract in a trade to bring in Drew Holiday, right? So Al Horford, when you dumped Kemba's salary and you had to attach a draft pick to that, you got Al Horford back and we need to, Sean Granny mentions this all the time, thanks Sam Presti for putting him on ice for that, basically the majority of that season where he only played 28 games. But yeah, Brad, I I thought he'd get more consideration last year for the executive of the year. I think he, I mean, if it, things go the way they're going right now for the Celtics, you, I would be surprised if he doesn't win it. I'd be, I would be stunned, frankly. I'd be st- Actually, maybe Joe Cronin gets a little piece of that too, because he just really helped us out on that one. But uh I- <laughs> We got we got more to talk about with the offense, but I do want to take a quick break today to tell you today's show is powered by FanDuel. School earliest NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bets. $150 if your team wins that you pick. Folks, it's real simple. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. Let me be honest with you. I've said this. I've been. I've been on this a lot. Oftentimes, I forget until about like six forty-five that I got to put in my bets for that evening. You know, for the NBA slate. The app makes my life so much easier. I'll be walking my dog, listening to Barrett. You know, on Off the Pike or listening to any other Ringer podcast I listen to. There are several of them, of course, CLNS too. I'm like, dang, I got to get my bets in. So I'll just take my phone out. Put my bet in real simple, and we're ready, like literally a minute and a half, and we're rocking and rolling. It's so easy to use. So many betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And like I've been telling everybody on this, and like, look, I know we're a Celtics-positive podcast, okay? I understand that, but I'm also about trying to make money for everybody out there if I possibly can. I know my NFL picks have been absolute garbage, but we're trying to come back here. Little NBA. Nikola Jokic is plus 340 for MVP. He's going to win MVP again. He's the best player in the world. I would lock that down right now. Uh, I know Lucas having a great season. I know Tatum's having a great season. Nikolas Jokic is going to win the whole thing. So just get some free money uh, while you're at it. Again, via our friends at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Kick off the NFL season. Tip off the NBA season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money uh, wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fiendle.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Evan Valenti, Brian Barrett here on Celtics Speed, and we're going through the Celtics offense and why it's been so great, and everything's been awesome. Um, but I did want to get one more little bit in here. There's two things, actually. Number one, one of the big things that's different about this team, Barrett, in terms of their offense, they are trading attacks to the rim, drives to the rim for post-ups. And last year, this is something I'm, I'm going to be tracking all season, last year 2% of their offense were, were post-up attempts. This year – Hovering around seven and a half, eight percent so far, which in a small sample size isn't a lot. But if it maintains for an entire season, that is a ginormous number. I don't think people right. think it, it might seem like a small number, like, oh, it's only four percent. Well, it's only five percent. That's a ginormous increase. Anyway, 
uh, and their effectiveness, their efficiency out of the post is what really stands out. Last year, uh, you know, not a huge focal point of their offense. This year it is 13 points per game in the post, which is second only in the NBA to the Nuggets. And they're scoring 1.21 points per possession, which is the fourth most efficient number in the league. Tatum in the post, specifically lethal, 1.24 points per possession. He has zero turnovers. Like this, I think a lot of old heads, when they're like, it's like too many threes. But like the, this is maybe what they were looking for. I think this has completely transformed everything. Like the fact that they can pick on people in the post, have easier, you know, either it's an easier shot of the rim or get offensive rebounding opportunities because of it. This is game changing. I'm not sure who to who to give all the credit to. I see Sam Cassell and Jason Tatum all the time working post game after practice. Maybe it's Cassell, uh, maybe it's Charles Lee, maybe it's a, a, a combination of everybody. Maybe it's Van Gundy. I don't know, but this particular portion of the team's offense is what stuck out to me early on, and it's the number I'm tracking from here to the rest of the season. Yeah, and. Excuse me. Sorry about that, Plenty. The one guy that I would also give credit to is Joe Mastula, because if you remember back to media day, Joe said that, yeah, we got to get to the free throw line. We have to use post-ups. It's not, we're not always going to be taking threes. Like we have to mix things up. He actually acknowledged that the offense had to change. And I think that's something that maybe we take for granted because I'm guilty as anybody with this last year when he's bringing Peyton in. Pritchard into the game when Jimmy Butler's out there. What are you doing when Grant Williams isn't in the rotation? What are you doing? And you got to sit back and realize this guy was coaching a team that had high aspirations that was just coming off a finals appearance. They dealt with the whole email situation and said, hey, uh, Joe, you're coaching this team now. He was not going to be a head coach in the NBA. So he was learning on the job. So for him to sit back and realize, like, we got to do some things differently around here. And he has his own staff, to your point. Sam Cassell, who's been working on all the post stuff with Jason Tatum, like that was a brilliant move to bring in Sam Cassell and also Charles Lee. And it just so it just happens to work out that Charles Lee coached through holiday for the past three years. So it's like the perfect type of guy to have the perfect type of coaching staff to have. And the biggest guy I would say you give the credit to is Tatum himself, because I was a little bit concerned. I got to be honest about this. When he put on 12 pounds, I'm like, because if you looked at his three point numbers, they went down every year and you could look, the attempts are harder. Nobody's dismissing that, but there was no reason he should be a below average three point shooter from a numbers perspective, 35%. So I was like, Hey, is like, like maybe is like gaining weight every off season affecting him. But now what we've seen is he's just weaponized his physicality. So when he gets that defense, he's just backing you in and it's just. He has so many different tools he can, and maybe Cassell is, gets a lot of credit for this. He has so many different like counters to, Hey, if, if, if he's spinning this way and the defender goes, he's going to go like, it's just, it's really pretty to watch like his, his post game and just his game. Like I would say eight to 10 feet around the basket is just so clean. And it's just like, so polished when he does those little turnarounds. Now I never think he's going to miss. Dude, he had a, he's had a couple of those. Like the first one in the first game against against the Knicks, he had one. He's on the left side. I think Quentin Grimes has him, and then Mitchell Robinson comes up because he like gets he gets by Grimes just like a fake spin on Robinson, and then it gets him like on an up and under underneath for the end one. Yeah, I'm like, if you're the Knicks, like I'm just not quite sure how you're gonna guard this guy if that if he's gonna be doing that kind of stuff. And then he had one the other night against. Uh, the Pacers again on the left side, 
ends up like getting by two guys and then like somehow slithering his way like in between and then up and under to finish on the other side of the rim on the right side. I'm like, dude, if he's doing this stuff and hitting threes, you're yeah. in trouble. I mean, you're just in trouble. He's picking on, you know, Bruce Brown. Come on down. Like he's picking on TJ McConnell. He's picking on this guy. And like, dude, Aaron Neesmith got somebody put together. Oh. The, I felt the, bad for him, dude, because Jalen got him too. Yeah, that well, somebody put that video together of both of them doing like the same turnaround fadeaway. <laughs> Defender both times is Aaron Neesmith. I'm like, oh my God, this poor guy getting absolutely shredded. But they they look, everything has been working really well. The offense numbers are through the roof. The only thing that I think that I lo- I, I have concern about, and, and if there is anything to be concerned about, it is the only thing. They're just the assist numbers aren't quite there. Like they're just like the assist yeah. percentages are are way down. Um, they're twenty eighth in assists. Uh, uh, like the, how many field goal makes they make that are assisted? They're scoring more than anybody else. So this you know the skews can can go either way. They have the best effective field goal percentage in the league. So they're getting great shots. They're hitting a lot of them. Yet there's this little thing that's hanging over everything. Is like if they could just get this. Like if they could just get this number to improve a little bit, then there's nothing to complain about. But I guess like, but to me, again, I test the ball doesn't really stick like no. in the way that it has in the past. Am I crazy for that? No, I, so I know the assists are down and even compared to last year, right? Like the assist numbers are not good for this team. The one thing I'll say where I think they found a way to make up for that. And I noticed it in the first game of the season and I actually mentioned it on my pod, is when Al's in the corner or when Brissett, our guy Brissett, when O'Shea Brissett's in the game, when Al's in the corner and a shot goes up, he crashes. So there has been an emphasis to crash the board. So if you look at the Celtics this season, they are actually six in the NBA. I just brought it up. Six in offensive rebounds per game at 12.3, basically tied for fifth with the Golden State Warriors. The Celtics didn't do that last year. They were in the bottom 10 in the NBA in terms of offensive rebounding so I don't think like if you look at this team I don't think they have like a great passer like as much as we want to make like smart's gone and he can't shoot it on he was their best passer I mean that's just the reality of the situation but the Celtics in terms of ways they make up for that is they're getting themselves extra possessions because of the offensive rebounding and to your point that you mentioned earlier with the Porzingis opening things up a lot of these baskets they're getting they're either pull-ups like in the short mid-range or the three-point territory, or their drive to the basket, which you're not going to get assist on that, right? So a lot of the diet, like the way they're living offensively, their shot chart, it isn't going to have you having a ton of assists, right? Because it's not like when the Warriors were at their peak and they had a million assists and the ball was just flying around. That's not how the Celtics play. And the Celtics shouldn't play that way because of the individual talent they have. But I don't think that that assist number is going to go up like tremendously over the course of the season. Now, I think it'll go up a little bit from where it's at right now, but I'm not concerned about it because I don't think their style of play dictates a lot of assists. Yeah, I just, I think, Again, if you're going to find something to nitpick on, that's yeah. the thing I could really nitpick. I just it, this team is a well-oiled machine right now, and it's crazy because again, as as your boss said, they replaced you know two of their starting five essentially by bringing in Porzingis, adding Derek White and and Drew Holiday into this whole thing. Like they've completely changed what their what their offensive game plan is. They've changed the rotation. They lost what like they lost Grant, they lost Smart, they lost Malcolm. So they lost, you know, almost half their top seven, top eight. Like, 
and yet here we are. They're four and zero. They're just they're just running through teams, and they have a Brooklyn game tonight. You know, with no Nick Claxton, so good luck there. Because I mean, look, I like Nick Claxton, and Claxton's a great player. He's a great rim protector for them. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do without him in the game tonight. I'm curious to see how it goes down. But this has just been a lot of fun. And, I, you know, we've done a lot of offense, and I, we've gone long enough. But I just, you know, I just got to say, the Boston Stock Exchange, as a nickname, elite-level oh, yeah. nickname. Elite nickname. Who Those came up with that? Uh, Derek White's dad. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I first saw him do it. I think it's. I think he's going to get credit for it. But this defense is something that we can't, like, we just can't ignore, right? Defensively, they're blocking a kajillion shots a game, primarily with their two guards. But Porzingis has been cleaning up. And then their defensive rebounding, they're the best defensive rebounding team in the league. So it's like, yes, the only thing you could maybe harp on is they're not forcing turnovers. But when you finish possessions with defensive rebounds anyway, and they get out in transition, even though they're not forcing turnovers, does it matter? Like that's that's another thing. Again, that, these are small parts of of this big picture that's been all positive. But like, I I have no no complaints really. Yeah, and part of it too, like the rebounding point you bring up, it's the most underrated part of Bo Tatum's game. This guy is an absolutely elite rebounder. I don't know. Why I said this guy like I'm John Gruden. He is an elite rebounder. He averaged eight point eight last year, and. LeBron, Kawhi, and Durant have never averaged 8.8 for a season. Jason Tatum has now had two seasons where he's in the playoffs, averaged 10 rebounds per game. Durant's never done that. Kawhi's never done that. LeBron's done it twice like Tatum. Okay, so this guy's an elite-level rebounder. So that's part of it, too. And the other thing about I was just thinking about the defense as you were talking about it. Drew and Derek White are so smart. Like, they like these doubles when the guy's back turn, they'll just go pick their pocket. I mean, Jordan Poole's like an easy Dude, guy to Poole, do that, too. Poole was yeah. the best. Oh, my God. He must have had nightmares that night because they were all – That guy's a clown. Did you hear what he said, too? He said, like, before no. the season, his legacy's already cemented, I guess, because he won a championship with the Warriors. He's like, Dude, you've been in the league for, like, four or five years. Bro, you were, what are you, you were, talking about? You were, like, the fourth banana on an unbelievable offensive team. But, like, now that you're – like, I – was it Scal that just like did him a little dirty in the broadcast? He's like, "Yeah, now that you're not the now that you're number one on on a bad team, everybody looks at you like you can't get away with this stuff anymore." I would be so mad if I was Kuzma because Kuzma, when he was on the Lakers, he played really good defense in the bubble when they won the championship. And I think Kuzma's a pretty good player. Like, I think some contenders should take it. He's a good wing Kuzma's defender. Good. Yeah, good. and he can he can shoot. He can score. We, I mean, he's he's a good player. I hope he gets on a good team. Just I hope it's not on the Milwaukee Bucks because I would not like to see him. In Milwaukee, but I was thinking about the defensive personnel. Who's the who's the worst defender in the top six? Jalen, I think it's like so. If you were gonna if you're gonna rank them, it's the top three is very difficult to rank for me because it's you have Holiday Holiday White and Tatum. Those three guys, I I think it's White or but is it Holiday because Holiday can guard up a little more than and I know the whole Jimmy Butler thing last year in the playoffs, but I mean Jimmy's a great postseason player, but. Holiday can guard a little bit up, but like that's that's probably Derek White can't really guard. I mean, he he'll he'll do it, but you rather Drew be on a three than Derek White be on a three. But I don't even know. Like, how would you even you rank had, the top you three? Had, I you had it right. It's it's Drew, it's Derek, and it's Tatum, and that's no slight of Tatum um, at all. Because if he needed to, the problem with Tatum is he has to play. You know, he's their main focal point in offense, so you're gonna have to you have to live a little bit, like give a little bit somewhere. But Tatum is. 
as good as a wing defender that has that responsibility as anybody in the league. Like, that's why like the Paul George comparison is really good because it's like a guy that can really rebound, space the floor, get to the rack, play good defense. Like we're not going to do Kawhi level defense here because that's just again I I think Kawhi is like the second best wing defender I've ever seen after like Scotty Pippen. Like the I just no, there's nobody. The, my favorite stat is I think that I think the stat is. Kawhi has more steals than fouls, which is really a bizarre <laughs> thing. I think I'm pretty sure that's it. I think Kawhi has more steals than fouls, which is just insane. Um, but like you know, Tatum's not that level of a defender, but like it's pretty close. But all the other stuff makes him, you know, it combines to be a superstar level player. I think Tatum's the third best defender of that crew, and it's no slight at him. Drew, I still just laugh at what Drew did to to. to uh, Julius Randle opening night. Oh yeah, just the best. Oh my hey, god, dude, he's like ruined his season. Julius Randle hasn't had a shot since then. Awful, just in his head the whole time. But it, it, like, look, it's been a fun first four games. The fifth one's tonight. Uh, you know, Boston at this particular juncture is the last undefeated team in the league. We'll see if they are tomorrow when uh, most people listen to this podcast. But uh, I mean, you know. I'm like you. I'm on, I'm like mad nights they don't play. I'm like, what else am I going to do tonight? I, what am I going to clean? I'm not going to clean. I'm not going to do laundry. <laughs> I don't want to do any of that stuff. I want to watch. I want to watch the Celtics. I don't want me to cook. I'm not doing that. I want to like. I, you I, do I, cook a lot though. I see the pictures, man. You're a good cook, huh? I've been I've been I've been uh, doing some new stuff. I, nice. I, I did a little uh, butternut squash cream sauce on my pasta the other day, and actually, ooh, up. spectacular. If you have any questions, please holler at me either on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. But like I, I'm, I, I'm this winter is going to be about two things now that the seas are amazing. It's going to be about the seas and me cooking different types of pasta for. I like it. We'll be ready to rock and roll. That's Brian Barrett off the pike and the ringer. Uh, Barrett, it's always good having you on. It's always good having you on after a fresh cut. Like I think you just got out of the barber's chair like 20 minutes ago. Rolled right in, ready to rock. <laughs> but. Every- uh, Every two weeks, man. I know it's like clockwork for you. I got, I let it go a little longer. You know, I gotta. I, I, I wish I could, but with my schedule, I can't. I just can't get there. I get like every, every four to six weeks. Yeah, you can pull off the long hair though. I can't. I, I've grown my hair up before, like in the past. I mean, we're going back, you know, decades, at least a decade. Now it didn't look good. I, I was not a big flow guy. I gotta keep. I gotta keep it high and tight. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of flow, I, I'll, I'll get us out of here in this last, and we'll take a shot at another Syracuse guy. Nick Wright's got to cut the flow, man. I don't like. Come on, bro. <laughs> I've known Nick. I, I've been following. I don't know Nick Wright personally, but I've been following him since he's had like you know, you know, shaved head. You know, going you know mostly like you know high and tight, low cut, and then he's just got this flow on first things first, whatever the heck that show is, and just. Just kills me every time. It's just it's brutal, man. Give, I haven't seen it, it's like long, like like long hair, like almost yeah, like hockey it, hair. It's yeah, it's he's got hockey hair for sure. It's unbelievable. But uh, that's Brian Bear. I'm Evan Valenti. Want to thank you guys all for listening today. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, all that stuff. Make sure you follow Brian Barrett's off the Pike Pod as well via the Ringer Podcast Network and Spotify. You're on Channel Five too all the time, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I usually go in there a couple t- a couple Sundays. The sports OT, I go in there a couple times a month. I was in I was in there last Sunday. Usually do two or three times a month. Make Fun. sure you check him out on Channel Five too. He's all over the place. That's Brian Barrett, Evan Valenti for Adam Kaufman too. Adam, we'll see you next week.
we'll, we appreciate all of you for listening, and we'll see you next time.